Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host as ever, Guy Drinkle, and I am again joined by Carl Wilkinson, who is basically now the co-host. I'm gonna, he's gonna be on as pretty much all the pods I am, unless scheduling is a problem. But how are you doing, Carl? Yeah, I'm doing well, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just been watching the World Cup, which has started awfully. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's been good other than that. Um, but Carl, uh, we're here to review E3, so why don't we crack on instead of having another hour and forty odd minute pod? We'll try and crack on with this one. But just just your overall thoughts. Well, on the extended weekend, shall we call it? Yeah, I mean. It was an interesting E3. I don't think there was as many surprises as we usually get. I think that's largely down to, to leaks. <laughs> we had a lot of those this year. Um, but, but overall, like it, it was good. There was, there was some great games on show, some titles I'm really excited about. And, um, I thought most of the publishers and the, and the first parties kind of achieved their aim, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think everyone did the well apart from fucking. Square Enix <laughs> and part and most and quite a bit of EA was quite poor, but we'll get into that. Um, so we'll we'll crack them. We'll go we'll go in straight with EA. Uh, we'll, we'll do this pretty much as the weekend did. Um, we'll go conference by conference. Um, so EA, um, their big titles were Battlefield Five and for um, a couple of Star Wars announcements that we'll get into, and then a couple of other tidbits at EA Sports as you'd expect. But we'll start with Battlefield Five. Um, obviously, before the show, we got the first kind of trailer before E3 overall. But the show, the show, and the new trailer—just big, big, big battles as you'd expect in a World War game, and it's Battlefield, so it was always going to show this. But what were your thoughts on the trailer, Carl? Yeah, I, I thought that the game looked good. I mean, there's actually been a lot of backlash over the trailer really? about, uh, yeah, apparently about historical accuracy because it looks like the the woman in the trailer has a. A prosthetic arm that looks a bit robotic but I mean 
as as EA were quick or Dice more so were quick to point out themselves. I mean, in in Battlefield One, you could have three people on the same horseback wielding flamethrowers. So, <laughs> you know, historical accuracy is all well and good, but but a game's got to be fun, and and so I don't see real much much issue with it. And to be honest, I think more of the complaints I've seen have been, oh, the, the woman was a focus, and but there were women, and you know, in World War Two, so it's just mm. it's kind of nonsensical to me. But I. I thought it was it was a cool trailer you know it's, it's what you expect from battlefield lots of explosions and you know it, it looked quite stunning visually and um i mean i was already excited about this game and i'm even more so now i mean they they even announced obviously that it's going to have a battle royale um which had been kind of predicted by most people because I, I think everything's going to have a battle royale now but it'll be interesting to see who does it better whether um ea does it with car or with Battlefield, sorry, or Activision with Call of Duty. It'll, it'll be interesting to see which gets the best on the first, uh, well, we won't even say the first AAA battle, uh, battle royale game, because obviously Fortnite comes from Epic, who are AAA, but, uh, still, it, it, it's, it's bound to be interesting this fall when they all start to launch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other Battlefield takeaway for me was they brought the proper building destroying back, which, I think, was it Bad Company that last had that? I can't remember. But that when I was playing Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 4, it, it, it didn't seem to have the mentalness that I used to like in Battlefield when I used to play Bad Company. So what do you think that's the right move, bringing that back? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was a big fan of that back. I used to play a lot of Battlefield Bad Company 2 online, and it, I always thought that was a real cool mechanic, the way like everything could be blown up and i think it's even cooler when you think about how you could apply it to to a battle royale game like i know the the environment is destructible in fortnite but it's not quite as impressive Mm. like the destruction so it'd be really cool you know someone's trying to camp and you know just lob a grenade and blow the wall up and blow them up with it like it's 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 cool i can't wait to see how how it works yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even click that it'd be in the Battle Royale mode as well. I was just thinking, yeah, that's just Fortnite now with, like, better graphics, isn't it? So that, that's quite fun. And the the other thing that was kind of shown at Battlefield Five that we didn't already know, we knew about the Grand Operations and stuff like that, is they've put um, cannon tulling on. Um, I'm not sure if that's been in any other one, but I've, I've, it doesn't ring a bell to me. But do you think that's going to add another dynamic to Battlefield where... Pretty much vehicles are just going to be absolute bastards. Yeah, most likely. I mean, they they are always were. It was it was always a horrible feeling when you you kind of pass over the horizon only to see a tank coming towards you. So, um, it's it's probably going to be there again. Um, but you know, it's just it's it's a mechanic you just have to deal with when it comes to battlefield games, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, overall. Battlefield 5, I think it'll look good. Come, I think it will be this winter, I imagine. It's probably one of the only games that's coming out this year from this E3. Yeah, actually, I didn't... Um, I think the, the release date's announced. Pretty, pretty, I think it comes out like a week after Call of Duty. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, as I said, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll, it'll definitely be one I'm picking up. Yeah, same. I'll I'll uh, I'll be getting that. I'll I'll just have a quick Google of the release date, see if they did announce it. Do 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 do. Access players will be able EA Access and Origin players will be able to access it on October eighteenth. 
There you go. Nice. And then it is 19th for the actual uh, launch, I think. So if, I think that'll be for PS4 people and stuff. So enjoy if if you are looking forward to Battlefield. Um, so we'll move on to EA's, well, big, big game that they had at the C3, Anthem. Um, this was probably one of the games that had the most ex- expectations, wasn't it? That wasn't a Sony game, let's be honest. Um, but did, do you think Anthem overall delivered to those expectations? Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, it's another game I've, I've been looking forward to myself. Um, maybe that excitement's been diluted a little bit since the launch, you know, that, that part, or the reveal, that might be partly down to some hiccups with EA, you know, the way they handled Battlefront 2, the way uh, Andromeda was a bit of a flop. Um, and then also just in general with those games as a service, you know, I kind of, I played a lot of Destiny 2 when it came out, but it, it fizzled out a lot quicker than mm. Destiny 1 did. S- but despite that, you know, it is still a game I want to pick up. It's it's a game I'm going to play, and, and I think it's showing at E3 only only kind of helped that. Um, I mean, it's it's looks interesting the way you've got the the four different classes, while the other, you know, Destiny only has three. Um, you can switch between them on the fly, which I think is good because, mm. you know. It can get a little boring in Destiny playing as the same character, and I think they they kind of talked a lot about story and how there, there's a big backstory to everything, and I mean that's what you expect from a Bioware game. That's what you get from Dragon Age. It's it's what you get from um, Mass Effect, of course. Um, and again, then they kind of poured a bit of cold water on on some of the the fears that were flaring up by saying there there won't be loot boxes, there'll be no pay to win, and the there will be microtransactions, but it'll be just cosmetic stuff. So, you know, all in all, I, I think um, it was a good showing for Anthem, and it's only going to build hype for the game. What, what did you think, Guy? Um, yeah, I, it was weird, because I think I was watching... Oh, no, no. I, w- I watched the whole conference, waiting for Anthem, and then my stream fucked up for Anthem, so I kind of went back and watched it. And it didn't have the same buzz watching it um, when it wasn't live. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think it looked um, quite good. I mean, it it, it was hard to um, realise the the expectations I had for it because when when I saw it was announced, I was expecting huge things. And I, the only thing for me is I think they focused on the wrong thing. Because they focused on their demo, they focused well on a stupid Q and A for a start. Um, but they focused on the combat, didn't they? Whereas I, in a Bioware game, I don't really care about the combat. Like we know it's going to be of a certain level good, and in these games they're never spectacular. They're always like Destiny. It's just point and shoot, isn't it? With, with the odd thing. That's what I was expecting from Anthem. I wanted to see more of how the story'd work, and I know they mentioned that it's going to be a, pretty much a single-player hub with with a multiplayer world. Kind of a bit like Monster Hunter World, if anyone's played that. Um, so I, I thought the focus on the wrong thing, but what I did see looked really good. It, it looked like a very, very pretty game. Um, the combat looked decent enough, looked smooth. The flying looked really good. I think I heard, I think it may have been you, Carl, who said they had a whole team focused just on flying, or they may have announced that... Um, at the actual conference but everything just looked smooth and the combat looked like it was it was there to do a job and what they showed looked really good and i think the range of enemies we saw that big volcano motherfucker didn't we and then we saw yeah. basically the people so 
it it looked really good for me just just on the conference itself. I just I think it just focused on the wrong thing. No, I, I see your you see your point there. Like I, I think they they kind of acknowledged it in the Q and A that mm. that um there were some fears over the story after Andromeda's there lack of and it probably would have helped to show even a story trailer, you know, maybe a little bit of what goes on in the hub when you're interacting with the NPCs and that um, probably would have helped. Um, but there, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll see more of, of Anthem as kind of the, uh, with, we've still got Gamescom and Paris Games Week to come. So hopefully we'll see some of the story stuff then and, and then it, it'll probably make it an even more hyped title. Oh, I absolutely. And I think one of the other things they mentioned that we haven't really talked about yet is they said it was going... We've heard this promise so many games before, but if there's one company that could probably do it, it is Bioware. They talked about an ever-changing world which would seamlessly allow to add... I don't think they want it classified as DLC, but it is basically DLC via updates and stuff like that. Do you think Bioware is the is the developer that can deliver this this ever changing world so replayability isn't a problem as you said with Destiny two it got stale really quick Destiny one had this replayability where it just just didn't matter that you were doing the same shit it it was just fun I I hope so I mean even in mass, a, a single player game like Mass Effect you know when you're walking around the Citadel and you see the NPCs you go to these like nightclubs and stuff it it feels lively it feels mm. alive and I never got that from Destiny or the Division like Destiny everything felt like almost like a static picture yeah. and um Division felt like an empty world like you say, you'd be like oh there's a dog oh, there's a guy getting sick on a lamppost you know and it was just the same repetition of these things that the world just you know it, it didn't feel any kind of life in it at all and and I gather maybe as we'll touch later the Division 2 is trying to uh, address that and and interestingly actually we, we have the release date for Anthem 22nd of February I think Division 2 launches three weeks later I mean this is the only time we've ever had two of these similar games launch around the same time. So it'd be really interesting to see. Yeah. Cause usually like it's, you know, it started with destiny and then players got bored and they moved to the division. And then when players started to get bored of that, they moved to destiny too. And it's kind of been jumping back and forth, but this will be the first time we'll have two of these kind of games going head to head. And so it will be really interesting to, to see kind of which one gets it better. My money's on Anthem based on what I've seen so far, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I didn't click with the release dates there, but, no, I mean, I, I'd agree. I think the money is with Anthem. I mean, I think the Division, the vanilla version of the Division, put people off. Um, so maybe maybe they're not recovered from their original launch. But Div- I think Division 1, we'll, have, we'll talk about Division 2, but I think Division 1's re- a really good game now, but... Maybe the damage was done with that, but Anthem, uh, if if they can if they can get in the the classic Bioware fan base and attract casuals, which seems to be what Destiny did so well, um, I think I think Anthem could be really successful. Um, but I'm going to put you on the spot. We saw the four javelins, which are, which are basically the classes: Ranger, Colossus, Interceptor, and Storm. So Ranger is just your overall, Colossus is your tank. Interceptor's basically your speedy assassin type, and Storm is a robot mage, I'm going to say. Who are you going to pick? 
I'm probably going to go with a, a, a ranger because, I mean, I'm looking at the others. I'm like Colossus, Interceptor, Storm. They kind of contrast well with, with uh, the classes in Destiny in terms you got your tank. You have your, as you said, kind of your assassin and you have like your mage. Um, so having something that's middle wrong, that's that's something I tend to, to go for when it's an option. So play it safe. Mm-hmm. So. That'll probably be me, and I'll let my friends that I'll inevitably be playing with uh, pick the more specialised classes. How about you, Guy? Oh, I play a Hunter on Destiny, but they didn't really show much of the Interceptor, so I might wait for that to, to decide. But the ones they've shown, I'm thinking Colossus, because he was a big bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is one way to thinking. describe him, yeah. right? Yeah, Um but we'll move on to Star Wars uh, as an overall. They obviously announced the title of... I'm going to play loosely here with the release date that they said. They said it's going to be 2019 winter, but, I mean, if they've got no footage to show this E3, I, I'm, I have some doubts that it'll come out next year, but Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, we got the name, Carl. Uh, we kind of got a release date that may be bullshit and we got where it's set between three and four and we're a jedi i know we've got limited stuff here but did you get excited a bit i i think as soon as vince zampella said you play as a jedi i was inevitably going to get excited because you know it's one of the best things in video games some, some star wars games have been absolute garbage but just getting to take out a, a lightsaber and swing it around is is pretty cool. I mean, I expected a little bit more, you know, maybe even a title screen, you know, not because like when when and Andrea went to uh, Vince in the crowd, I was like, is she, is she just gonna be like, oh look, she spotted him in the crowd, you know? But obviously, this was this was pre-planned. Um, but it was a weird way of doing things. But I, I wouldn't. Funny enough, I get your point where you're saying because they had so little, you you'd be kind of trepidatious of the the holiday 2019 release window but at the same time we we have to take this in context that let's not forget um a infamous star wars game that has recently been cancelled by ea mm. so after that kind of kept showing up at shows and they're like oh look we have concept arts and look we have this story guy who's going to tell you 10 yeah, minutes of what's it. in the story <laughs> and yeah and it just didn't come out so i think with this they might just want to have something kind of complete. Yeah, exactly. Concrete to show. Yeah, you know, at, at next E3, and it could be a big blower. I think for I think EA will do everything to get this game out next fall because they're not going to have a battlefield. Uh, they're not going to have a battlefront. You know, this it sounds like a single player game, but we know it's not. Like it's supposed to be a multiplayer game as well. So the maybe fighting as Jedi's online, that'd be pretty cool. Um so I think they will they'll do everything to get this game out on time. Like so I I'd I'd stick with the holiday release window at, at the moment. And I'm intrigued, but it, it's hard to get too excited because as you said, we haven't seen anything. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel as well. I mean there's not really much to get excited about apart from we know it exists, but we also knew the visceral one existed. And uh, as you said, may- maybe they are just waiting um on the game to be done to actually advertise it because well Star Wars sells itself and I mean um Battlefront two is basically a dead game, but since EA's conference I've been playing Battlefront two. Um 
And it is actually a good game. It's just the fact it was so disastrous. And we got news they're adding in new characters. Um, Grievous, Anakin, Obi-Wan. Um, I think they're adding in the Solo stuff as well. And Count Dooku. Um, did did you have Battlefront 2? And does this just tickle your fancy? Maybe dust it off? I don't have it currently, but I, I wouldn't rule out picking it up. I mean, I picked up the first one. I played it a bit. I, I liked it. I, I was a big fan of the old Battlefronts. Mm. Um, this one, obviously, I was looking forward to because it was supposed to have a campaign and that. But then the review was hit and it was like, oh, it's a three-hour forgettable campaign. And the multiplayer is on microtransaction-based and loot boxes. And I was just sort of like, nope, not paying. I'm not giving them my 50 quid, <laughs> you know. But... It, they've learned some lessons and, and I do, I, I'm actually one of those rarities that actually enjoys the prequels. So kind of putting General Grievous and Obi-Wan in there kind of, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it kind of catches my interest. So I might just pick it up. I, I think it's fairly cheap at the moment. I think you'd get it for about 20 quid on Amazon. Oh, so, so. Yeah. like I, I might be tempted. Might. Wasn't Grievous in Battlefront 2 originally, like the, the original one? I remember him being a bit of a bastard if he was. Or I'm just thinking of something. If he was, he was a bastard. If not, I'm just like... I, yeah, I can't... I may be, I may be so drunk. long since I played it, I... <laughs> If he wasn't in it, I may be drunk. But if not... It, it, it makes sense time-wise yeah. when yeah. the game came out, but um, yeah. I just can't remember. Any any opportunity to play General Grievous, is, I'm, I'm going to take it. Um, but that's all I had noted down in terms of separate games. But we, obviously EA had a lot of other stuff. I mean, I mentioned EA Sport there. They had Unravel 2. Um, do, do you want to mention Command and Conquer Rivals, <laughs> which was pain? Oh, that, that, uh, it actually, I, I seen an uh, Kotaku uh, article today which said, like, oh, it's not what fans want, but it's actually fun. Like, they, they played it. But I just, I'm a big Command and Conquer fan and, and like I played all the old games and I just couldn't bring myself to play this little mobile game. It, it kind of saddens me that one of my favorite series has been reduced to mobile games and free to play and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a sore spot, you know, and it was such a weird thing to include in their, their conference as well. Like just a, a live match of a oh, mobile Jesus. game. I mean, that- but. That was the worst thing, wasn't it? It, said, it was. If like, they just said Command and Conquer's back with a mobile game, people were like, oh, okay. <laughs> then, it, no. Yeah, like maybe as part of like a little sizzle reel or something, but then again, they didn't have much other games to play. And I thought up until that point, EA's conference was going decent. I mean, EA, you can't judge them by anyone else's standards. You judge them by their own standards. And I thought they were doing well. Like they, they kind of didn't go too hard on the sports stuff. We didn't have too many, like an NFL player walking out and talking about NFL for five minutes and a, hmm. a footballer. And, you know, so that, that was good. We had the trailers for those games, but they, they were small enough. Bit of talk of FIFA Champions League. I think they just want to rub it in that we finally got that license, you know, get, give them their moment. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad. And, and then the indie stuff, you know, the, as you said, um, the, Unravel 2, which has actually gotten good reviews. I mean, it's, I think it's about 83% on Metacritic, which, which is good. And, and that, um, what was that other one called? Sea, sea of Solitude. Solitude. I like, there's a lot of these games coming out that kind of deal with the subject of mental health and that. And it, this seems to be another one. Um, so it's, it's obviously a, a subject that's hard to tackle, but when done well, you know, the, the games are always instant hits. So I think we, we've seen how, uh, uh, 
was it a way out um kind of has been a hit yeah yeah yeah, that came out yeah that that's a hit so i think it's important for ea to keep uh kind of hitting with these uh original titles Mm. as they call them um so that 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 was another kind of win that little section for them um, but it was just the Command and Conquer just kind of took you right out of it. I mean, maybe Anthem might have been better if we hadn't have had Command and Conquer right before. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it was a weird one by EA, but I think you're right. They can't be judged on other people's standards because EA isn't. It, EA is for everyone. It's not for the hardcore gamer, is it? Like, well, so that's what Sony's E3 conference is always about. Uh, but EA is the opposite end of the spectrum, but no, I, I don't ever want to see a, a, a live Ford match ever again at E3. <laughs> um, but no. we'll, we'll move on to uh, Microsoft. Um, obviously, one of the big hitters with Sony. Um, we'll kick off with Halo. That, that's how they kicked off, and they had a cinematic trailer. Not much for us to talk about, but um, did you like what you saw? Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't gotten around to Halo Five yet, but I, I liked Halo Four, and of course, I I love the original trilogy. Um, I mean, it it, it looks the the trailer looked intre- interesting. It looks like Master Chief is the focus again, and it, it looked like he was on a a planet that I'm assuming is a Halo. There seem to be kind of dinosaurs almost. Um, there like so again, it wasn't much to to go on and we haven't even gotten much information afterwards i think like they were asked in an interview and they kind of confirmed that it is halo 6 but it's not called halo 6 it'll Mm. follow on from halo 5 master chief is the only playable character or at least the mostly playable character so i think lock story might have to wait which I'm sure Microsoft will be only happy to throw us a side title oh, sometime yes. in the future to milk more money. But, uh, I mean, based on the lack of information, I'm going to guess this is probably a launch title for the, the next Xbox, which we'll probably touch on later. But, um, but yeah, I'm t- definitely interested to see what, what, uh, what's more to come from Halo Infinite. Uh, did, did you have thoughts yourself? Yeah, I think it looked really good. Um, it, it, it's hard to, um, analyze a cinematic trailer because any any game could be made to look good by a cinematic trailer. But um, the fact that it was a a cinematic rather than like a, a gameplay trailer, I think I agree with you there. It may be a launch tra- a launch title for the next Xbox, which we'll we'll get to. But it looks like it may be twenty twenty. Um. <clears throat> And that's how Xbox kicked off, wasn't it? Halo was their original launch game, um, so maybe it's a bit of a bit of a throwback, which I think is a good thing. Uh, you want Xbox to start off strong. We'll we'll get to some first party stuff later on, but um, if, if if that's their future for Halo, so be it. Make, make Halo what it once was. Make it the, one of the biggest powerhouses in gaming. Make it one of the biggest. Um, exclusive in gaming and it, it's kind of been diluted since um, uh, Bungie left but uh, yeah not much to say on on it but I'm, I'm, I am really looking forward to any just just hearing that music you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah it, does, it makes the hair stand up on your arm any any gamer that kind of came from that era you know it, it really does absolutely and um, we'll, we'll move on from here because there wasn't much to 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 take in from it, but um, Gears 5, probably their biggest first party exclusive that they showed, obviously there was a couple of us. Um, 
we talked. I think we we talked on the preview, didn't we? Where Gears Four was a bit of a letdown, and it may not have the uh, the love it once did as a franchise. But did did you like what you saw? The show and a proper trailer, gameplay, and everything. Yeah, I, I think like the, the focus seemed to be on the single player. We see, I think it's now Kate is the, the, uh, focus so. character. And <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like seems to delve into her backstory. And we seen Marcus Phoenix, which is always a good nod to the, to the classic Gears trilogy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Like, I mean, for me, Gears of War always was one of the, because it was the reason I bought my Xbox 360. I played Gears of War at a friend's house and I was just, I was like, I have to go out and buy one of these. So I traded in like all my PS2 games to get one. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, uh, for me though, it was always, it had great single player and great multiplayer. And at least based on this, what we see in the trailer, I think we, we could be in for another single player campaign. That's, a, that's a hit. It'll be interesting to see the, the multiplayer, um, which we'll probably see kind of in a few months time I'm, I'm sure as as we get a bit closer to when the game will actually come out because i think it's a it says 2019 i'm going to assume holiday 2019 yeah i'd imagine so i imagine um it'll either, I, I think they've got to avoid the anthem and division spring haven't they basically so i imagine it will be next year uh, next christmas time um but ha, ha, what do you think they need to do to kind of inject new life into the franchise and I mean you said Marcus is there but he obviously wasn't the main character of the last one but I felt anyway in Gears 4 he kind of overshadowed the, the new cast it may be it, it may be a spoiler for the new game but do you think they have to kill him off um it's it's certainly an option I mean I think you're you're probably right having his son wasn't it that was the main character in Gears yeah. 4 and I think then that naturally he's going to be overshadowed by his dad which is why they've probably decided to sti- sidestep and make um Kate the main character in this one um so I kind of I'd back that move it, it's probably a smart move you know definitely it could be a, a big um move to kill off Marcus um, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll save that for Gears Six whenever the hell that comes out. Um, but I, I think you're, you're right. They do need to breathe life into the, to the franchise because Gears Four was a bit of a lull, and and it seems they are trying on multiple fronts. I mean, we, we also seen Gears Pop, which bizarrely is a, a Gears of War pop cap. Tie in for mobile. That, that was painful. Could, <laughs> could, could PopCap be the new Lego game? Who knows? Uh, and then you had Gears Tactics, which kind of caught my interest. Now, right now it seems to be PC only, but I'm sure it'll come to Xbox yeah. One eventually. And I'm a big fan of the XCOM games. I'm actually playing XCOM 2 at the moment. And, uh, I think it'd be really cool to, to see, um, that Gears of War brought into that world. Like, so it's uh, that kind of game. So it's, um, it it could could blow up in their face all this gears at once, but it or or it could, as you say, breed more life into the to the franchise. Hopefully, it's the latter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the gears tactics. Uh, I forgot to put that in the agenda, but you you've put it in your notes here for us. I, I, I'm I'm quite looking forward to. It. I mean, I, I I'm only just started getting into the XCOM stuff. I mean, I got stuck on a bit and got a bit pissed off with it. I'm not going to lie. But in a gears in a gears setting, I think that's kind of perfect for it because that the multiplayer, especially, 
probably one of the most tactical multiplayers there. I know it's mainly about headshotting your opponent, but you've got to be so careful with it. I think it, as a universe, it really works, especially with the Locust as as they are. Um, so I think that I think that's a really good thing. As you said, it's only PC at the minute, but it. Microsoft and Xbox games that just just one aren't they? It's just one it's one thing nowadays. Um, but yeah, Gears Four, Gears Five, I should say. Um, I think it looked really promising, and instead of showing off loads of um, Marcus's son, I mean, I, I can I remember I know the person who. who plays him, he's called Liam McIntyre he's in, in, he was in uh, Spartacus and I can't remember his character's name so I'm just going to call him Liam <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, he's got a beard now that's <laughs> all you need yeah he looks, he was kind of a pretty boy in the first game mm. and now, now he looks a bit more grizzled and hardened you know so, well yeah pretty much but that that works I'm when sure in, for, doubt, for Gears fans when in doubt, beard <laughs> um, exactly but uh, we'll we'll come on to probably the biggest news from Microsoft's um, conference. Phil Spencer announced um, Microsoft have acquired five new party, first party studios. Most of them have already done work for Xbox and Microsoft and stuff like that. Um, I'll just get the names up. Give me two seconds. Do 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 do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere, all made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order. Jesus was a lot. There was a lot of Microsoft notes here, people. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got Playground Games who make Forza Horizon, Ninja Theory who make Hell Bla- Hellblade, Shenu's Sacrifice, um, which is meant to be a, re- a really good game for what it for what it was. Compulsion Games who make We Happy Few, which has kind of got a bit of bit of a good following, cause ma- mainly because it looks weird as hell. <laughs> which we all yeah. saw at the conference. Um, Undead Labs, who make State of Decay. And you've put in here in the, in the notes, as a new, stu- new studio announced the initiative will be based in Santa Monica and led by Daryl Gallagher, formerly of Crystal Dynamics. I mean, do you want to start off with that last one? Do, Crystal Dynamics, do, anything that springs to mind that they've made in the past? Well, yeah, obviously Crystal Dynamics are well known for... Tomb Raider, um, obviously that that was always their their biggest um, series and and still is because obviously Crystal are still going over at Square, um, and 
a, a personal cult classic that that I'm fond of, Gex. You know that that was a good series back in the day. <laughs> um, so like obviously Daryl Gallagher has like a, a good pedigree coming from Crystal and having worked on Tomb Raider, um, and setting up in in Santa Monica, where funny enough Sony have one of their biggest first party studios, and that there's clear there's a name there for. Microsoft are, are trying to set up a, one of their real big guns there. So I'd imagine they're, they're going to have some new AAA IP probably for next generation, uh, that Microsoft will be hoping makes uh, their next console the, the place to, to play games, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the other ones that are announced, I mean, uh, Playground Game, Forza Horizon, always always beautiful games so it'd be interesting to see what else they can make outside of the the car world ninja theory if hellblade is good as its reputation i mean if they get the back of microsoft they could expand and make a big ass beautiful game we happy few of me hopefully hopefully they aren't the kojima <laughs> make weird as hell games uh, but we'll get on kojima and undead lab state of decay which i've been recently playing it's actually quite good but as you said this will probably we'll see the fruits of the labors in, in next gen, won't we? But how how big is this news for Microsoft? Because I've undoubtedly Sony's won this gen. Like, yeah, I'm Microsoft's biggest fan. I I can't argue with that. But Sony's won this. But next gen is this the first step in in building back uh, Microsoft reputation? Definitely, I I think like Microsoft, as you said, they they have lost this gen. They've definitely built up some goodwill as the gen has gone on, with like the backwards compatibility and all that kind of stuff. But it was they're fighting a losing battle. They know that. That's why they're looking to the future. And I think a big focus of this this conference was the future with these four acquisitions, uh, with the the founding of the initiative, and then also with teasing a Halo game, which is probably going to be next gen. I mean, I think these these um, studios make sense. Obviously, Undead Labs has been working on State of Decay for microsoft so they're they're kind of already they were a second party studio basically so bringing them in house is is good to give them more resources uh compulsion games you know as as you said we happy few looks really weird i really like the look of it to me it kind of reminds me of bioshock and um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that they, they do tend to make weird games contrast i remember was like a launch game for ps4 I think that they made that was their previous title that was pretty weird looking as well um, Ninja Theory obviously are, are kind of more veterans than the other studios that, that we have here they, they've been around for a good while um, they kind of used to make AAA titles as kind of a third party developer through different publishers now they kind of went a bit more in house with Hellblade it was good, more of a, a triple a indie title as people would call it and um, but it, it was really well received and playground games some people have questioned that one saying it's a bad idea to have two car game uh, studios in-house it didn't work out for sony but at the same time as phil spencer pretty much said and he he all but confirmed the rumors that playground games are working on the next fable game so maybe they'll be stepping away from cars for a little while um, so I think it was a massive move and it was, it was, it was the one time maybe that in the conference Microsoft stepped away from games for a bit and did a bit of talking, but it was worthwhile talking, you know, it was, oh, it was big, absolutely. big news. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think hopefully we just, hopefully 
when it would we'll call it Xbox Two for now because maybe they go back to Xbox Seven Twenty or something. <laughs> Project Scarlet yeah. is a rumored uh, development name. It's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, maybe it'll be red. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it, it the, the need the need to add these exclusives and it, if if they can up Fable, uh, bring back Fable in, in a different way, and all these games can. All these developers can make um, worthy games. They're just going. Microsoft is going to keep adding adding people. I mean, the, the dream is to find the next Naughty Dog, isn't it? Let's be honest. Microsoft need to find their Naughty Dog, but uh, we'll get on to Naughty Dog stuff later on. Um, but Crackdown Three. I mean, I put in the agenda here, Carl Terry Crews. So, what else do I need to say? <laughs> that that pretty much sums it up. You know, to Terry Crews doing a lot of shouting, and then other than that, we just seen kind of frenetic crackdown gameplay you know explosions and crazy weapons and jumping up skyscrapers and i'm all in i loved crackdown one i loved crackdown two and i and this one has terry Crews. so what else do we need and we finally got a release date finally and hopefully this one won't be pushed back well a release month february (laughs) yet another february uh, release actually but uh people are really scared of red dead aren't they (laughs) That that's it, yeah. I think at first I was kind of, why are they doing that? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to it. But Fallout was obviously part of Xbox as well, and that, that's November. So this this year's a, just a write off for everyone else. Um, but um, probably the second biggest moment on Microsoft's thing, apart from the first party news, the game people have been waiting for for the best part of a decade. Um, Cyberpunk. It it almost got to the moment where I thought it wasn't going to happen, and I know I know our friend Neil Devlin. He was kind of worrying as well. Expect <laughs> he thought it wasn't coming, and he's he's been waiting longer than most of us, I think. Um, it happened. It, it was only a cinematic, but it exists, Carl. It it it's coming soon <laughs> or soon enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was a cool way they did it. it looked like it was going to end, and then it's just like boom, kind of like an error message coming down, and and then we got it, and and it was a, a cinematic trailer. And usually, I'm a little kind of meh when it comes to cinematic trailers, especially short ones, because you're kind of like, well, we we don't know what the actual game is, but this, this is CD Projekt Red. They only make great games you know i think they've with the witcher 3 they've worked their way into being one of those kind of naughty dog rock star almost level studios so we know it's going to be good so just to know it's coming and hopefully coming soon is is just so exciting and and the press actually got to see gameplay behind closed doors and i've read some some previews and i think jason schreier of kotaku um described it as a deus ex like but with better shooting uh, Grand Theft Auto driving and uh, Witcher 3 style depth of, of quest, which to, to me sounds almost perfect. Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, I wish you didn't say that because now I'm pissed off it's not coming out this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that, that, that really, really sounds perfect to me. It, if, that, if that's what it is, I mean, I've not been the biggest Deus Ex fan, but it seems like a similar setting and similar word to world to that it, it'll be fucking brilliant let's be honest um but that's all i had for microsoft i mean there was a lot more but there was anything else you missed out i mean dying like 
oh, I'll pick mine out. Dying Light looked brilliant to me, and I, I didn't play the first one, but number two looked phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was there, some people were kind of like, to me, Microsoft had the the best conference overall. Mm. Like it was the best paced conference, and some people criticized, and oh, it was mostly only third party stuff. But but I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, you had a lot of Gears of War, Forza Horizon, which we didn't, Forza Horizon Four, which we didn't really touch on. But like it looks great, you know, yeah. as those games always do, as you you said yourself when we were talking about playground games. They had Battle Toads, um, a new entry which which will sit well with where people have been waiting for that for a long time they've been teasing it a lot we had like phil spencer wore the battletoads t-shirt at one point and you know so, so we kind of were hoping that was coming um they had the halo tease crackdown 3 so there was plenty of, of first party stuff but but the third party stuff which like people can say it's third party it's going to be on playstation as well but just getting the advertising for those games people are going to be like Wow, that that's on Xbox, and and obviously we know Xbox One is the more powerful console. So mm. I mean, p- people are going to be looking at that and saying like Fallout seventy six, like you know Todd Howard came out and talked about that. We had the Division two demo, which we'll get to that game when we get to Ubisoft. We had um, Metro Exodus looks great, looks as you said. Dying Light 2 looks looks amazing. I never got around to the first one, but this one looks really cool. Like the parkour, the the dreary kind of post-apocalyptic world. Apparently there's like some great stuff in terms of like decision making there and the kind of big lasting impacts it has. Um, they had Shadow of the Tomb Raider kind of keeping that. It's not obviously a timed exclusive this time, but they've still got that partnership there with, uh, with with Square, they they also with Square they had the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, which was announced on their stage, and it's a free game coming in in June twenty uh, sixth, and it, it kind of ties into Life is Strange too, and obviously which is is a cult classic, um for in the modern day, and probably the biggest third party game that they managed to get on, the, or the two biggest actually, and you almost forgot one, you had two Japanese games which is massive for Microsoft to, to get mm. those kind of Japanese look we, we have Japanese games um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice from From Software which looks like a kind of a, a faster paced Dark Souls Bloodborne style game with, with samurais I mean it looks really really cool I've heard kind of good things from the, the uh, journalists that have gotten to play the game and uh, Devil May Cry 5 which had actually been rumored to be a PlayStation 4 exclusive. That was the rumor going around. So for it to appear on Microsoft stage, you know, such a hyped, like massively anticipated title, you know, that, that's a big win for, for Microsoft in, in my mind. And, and it was that kind of, uh, blow, constant blows of, of just game after game after game that, that for me won the day for, for Microsoft. In my personal opinion, mm. we didn't even mention Jump Force, which connects this whole big JRPG thing. And it's not probably not an RPG, but it, yeah, it's a, a 3D fighter. It's kind yeah. of like a Budokai game, but yeah. with kind of more yeah. uh, Shonen Jump kind of mm. IPs involved. But it, it looks fun. Mm. Any anything with Dragon Ball, in, it's going to obviously be big. It's probably the biggest. I'm not the biggest anime fan, but Dragon Ball's the one. That seems to be the one anime that's quite big in the west and i imagine it's even bigger in japan so to have that on their stage with uh, one piece naruto I, I, I watched the live make of uh, death note which was 
wasn't great, but it's obviously a big part of Adam as well. Um, but Jump Force looked quite good. Probably a big thing for them. But um, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll get to best conference and stuff like that. But this was probably Microsoft's best one in, in bloody years. And they even announced Black Desert MMORPG, um, which I, I imagine will be a Xbox exclusive, I think. Uh, I think it's a timed exclusive anyway. I know that much, yeah. But, um, yeah, so really good for Microsoft, a, a, a very step in the right direction, which obviously the last time they had um, the X announcement, which was a bit slow and wasn't the most exciting because everyone knew what it was. But, uh, yeah, good showing for Microsoft. But we'll move on to Bethesda. Uh, <laughs> this was a, this was the start of the weird conferences for me. I mean, EA was, wasn't weird, it was just a bit shit at times um as we said but bethesda was weird it started off with that live band and uh, the, the rage music and stuff like that um but we'll skip all that because well cringe um but rage 2 um, you you played the first one did, did it did rage 2 bring back my memories i mean it looks smooth as fuck to me that i mean that's all i put on the agenda it looks smooth as hell <laughs> yeah i mean i i think i enjoyed rage the first one but i think rage 2 is is going to be a very different game and, and i mean that in a good way i mean mm. looking from the trailer and from what i've heard from again the the previews for the game um that it's very much the idea here is that's why we've got id and we've got avalanche is the idea id bring the shooting mechanics and and it does look it looks like doom too like it, it or doom sorry doom too getting ahead of myself it looks like doom <laughs> i mean that that kind of high octane fast paced first person shooting which you know no one does it better than id and then meanwhile avalanche are going to bring the kind of wasteland traversal the car combat the you know that that's the open worldness that that's what they're going to bring obviously they've, they've done it before with mad max so it we're hoping it's going to be a marriage in heaven we haven't seen anything from the avalanche side yet we didn't see any car combat or any story kind of any of the story but we, we got to see a lot of a lot of violence and it was fast paced and heavy metal and you know which to, to me is awesome i i can't wait to see more of this game like it's it, it, it it's a win so far for me. Like, what did you think, guys? As someone, you you didn't play the first Rage, did you? No, I didn't. But look, looking at this, I mean, I'll probably play the second one. <laughs> I'll give I'll give them that. It made me want to play the bloody game. Um, it, it it's a weird one. I always like the stuff of like not that Bethesda do like Wolfenstein and Doom, but I've not really played them. I've got Doom, but I haven't finished it. But I really liked it. And I haven't I I liked the old Wolfensteins before Bethesda got it, but I haven't played the Wolfen I haven't played the Bethesda Wolfenstein, so maybe there's just something wrong with me. I'd probably love those games, but I just haven't got around to getting them. Um, but no, this one this one looked really good, and if they can if they can match the combat and and the and the setting with the car combat and the stories, just if the story's just up to scratch. I mean, I'm not expecting Witcher three levels of story, but if it's just a good solid story. And it's fun to play. I mean, it, it'll be one of those. It'll be a brilliant game. Um, it looked really fun to me. So I, it'll it'll be on my list to keep a to keep an eye on. Um, you got ahead of yourself a wee bit and said Doom Two in there, but we'll we'll come to it now. Did Doom Eternal? Didn't really see anything on it other than I think it was a couple of stills. That was about it. Animated stills. Well, animated stills kind of defeats the purpose, but we kind of saw an animated picture, didn't we? Um. 
pretty much more to come at QuakeCon, which I can't remember when they said QuakeCon was, but it Doom 2 exists pretty much. Looking forward to it? Yeah, I mean, I think they they didn't really show anything, but they didn't really have to. I mean, simply knowing that game exists. And QuakeCon, for the record, is the 9th of August it starts, so it's not too far away. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, people people just... That's going to be a lot of people's most anticipated title, just just without knowing anything, because they love Doom 1 so much, and it just looks to be more the same. Um, Now, I wonder, though, if if Quake... uh, Not Quake, sorry. Quake on the brain now. uh, Rage 2 and Doom Eternal come out at a similar time, and they've they've got a lot of the same mechanics. Mm. Um, Will it be a little bit too Too much? much. I, I don't know, but... Still, I mean, the Doom was fun, and this looks like it's going to be more fun. So, um, I can't wait to see what more of it at QuakeCon. Yep, pretty much. All I can do is echo what you said. Um, Prey DLC. Um, I had Prey. Um, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I could tell it was a really good game for people who enjoy that. But it did tick. Something did tickle my fancy when they were showing DLC. Prop hunt in space with mimics. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool cool idea for for a game mode. I, again, I similar to yourself. I I I I actually only I bought Prey in a sale a while ago, but the seller would only deliver to to England, so I got it delivered to my dad's, and I only got around to picking it up uh, just the weekend past. So I actually have it now, so I'm finally going to get around to playing Prey. It was a big title I was hyped for. I loved the first yeah. Prey, which you know came out so, so long ago, and after being in development hell, I think the first Prey was probably revealed in like 97 or something like that. Oh. And it came out, I think it was like a, a launch window game for the Xbox 360, but it, it was a good game. Obviously, they've changed developer since the, the new game was kind of a reboot, um, but it looked really good. I, I love Arcane. I love Dishonored. Um, so it's one I'm really looking forward to getting into. And this DLC, as you said, it, it just, it looks like a really cool concept. It's not story based. It's, it's just simply kind of, uh, kind of a survival thing and then and then as well you have the multiplayer um as you said that just looks so good the or the con it sounds so good the concept anyway and apparently it's playable in vr as well which uh i'm sure those few people who have a vr are going to be excited about that yeah absolutely i mean whilst we're on it that moon crash dlc like a a replayable mission an evolving mission kind of it looked really interesting um but we'll move on to Wolfenstein because I am wary of time and I'm, I'm sure people don't want two hours of this. If not, we'll split it into two. Um, Wolfenstein, pretty... As I said, I haven't played the new ones, but I really like the look of them. Something new for Wolfenstein, the, the put in co-op and you're playing as BJ Blazkowski. I'm, I'm butchering that name. BJ, I'm just going to call him... BJ Blazkowicz. Blazkowicz, bloody hell, I, I read it completely wrong. But I'm going to call him BJ from now on, um, and hold back my kiddie sense of humor. <laughs> um, so you're playing as BJ's twin daughters, set in 1980s Paris, VR's been, um, or a VR experience has been confirmed. Um, co-op Wolfenstein, that, that sounds really good to me. <laughs> Yes, same. I mean, I played the first Wolfenstein, um, the New Order, wasn't it called? I never got around to the Old Blood, and I still haven't gotten around to the New Colossus either. 
but I really enjoyed um, the New Order. I, I finished it. I thought it was it was good. Good characters. Good good shooting mechanics. It was a really good game. I've always liked the Wolfenstein games. I finished the the one on the Xbox 360 as well, which That's wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, and it, it was supposed to be kind of an average Wolfenstein game, but I enjoyed it. Um, but I, it is an IP I like. But you know, there is the thing is like a lot of like a friend of mine started trying to play uh, New Colossus recently, and his point was like it was good for the first hour, and then you're like, oh, it's just more of the New Order, and that was good, but I'd like something a bit different. Oh, so right. I think that's what we've gotten here with. Um, the new with Young Blood, it's co-op. I mean, what could be fun, more fun than than playing Wolfenstein with a friend? And then also, they, as you touched on the the VR experience, it's called uh, Hacker or something. Hacker, I'm forgetting here. Um, but it, it's a cool idea. Cyberpilot. Cyberpilot, yeah, because you yeah. are a hacker. That's that's where I'm getting confused here. <laughs> um, and you can just take control of those big Nazi dog robots and kill a load of Nazis I'll assume so sounds like a cool idea for VR who, who doesn't want to get inside the head of a big Nazi mechanical dog you know so enough said there like I mean I think this is a cool direction for Wolfenstein kind of some slightly different experiences so that it doesn't get any more stale with just having those solid single player titles and as the bloke said at the conference, fuck Nazis. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, we will move on to the big boy of Bethesda. As, as we said earlier, it, it was on Microsoft stage, but they kind of saved the best for their own stage. As Square Enix should probably learn from. <laughs> but we'll get to them. Um uh, uh, not Elder Scrolls, getting ahead of myself again. Fallout 76. I mean, it, at Microsoft, I was intrigued. It, I'm not sure what it was meant to be. Uh, well, I knew what it was going to be multiplayer and stuff. We knew that before E3, but it, it didn't show that much at Microsoft. And then Bethesda, Todd Howard came out and made made it a, a good, a decent E3 conference, a, a really special one. Um, Fallout 76 looks fucking brilliant to me. It looks like the survival game. It's going to be a game changer in that genre. Yeah. Um. Ah. Oh, I mean, Fallout seventy six. I, I was a little trepidatious before. I was. I was intrigued, but you know, when when Jason Schreier, as we talked about in the preview, came out and was like, "Oh, it's it's like Rust. It's it's like thing." It was kind of interesting, but at the same time, it's like oh, I kind of want my Fallout experience, but. Like Todd Howard put that all to, to bed with the, what he showed and, and what he said. I mean, it, it looks like it is a Fallout 4, and as he pointed out in, at the Microsoft thing, it's four times the size of Fallout 4, but you can play with your mates. And, and what's cooler than you and three of your mates rocking around the wasteland in power armor, just like powering through death claws and, and all these cool new uh, creatures that we've seen as well? Like, so. Um, I, I I can't wait to play this. Like it's it's gonna be great. Absolutely. I mean, as you said, it's kind of gone away from just having death claws as the as the big horrible bastard. It looked like there were so many so many more mutations of stuff. It just it looked really good. And most importantly, Carl, you can find new codes. Yeah, like that. That looks pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm assuming when you're you're playing on a server, other people's kind of 
shelters or whatever they build is is kind of on the map and the fact you can just nuke them like that's that's i'm sure it'll be equal parts fun and equal parts frustrating as fuck (laughs) because like when someone does it to you you're you're just just you're probably going to want to smash the disc and and you're going to just have to resist that urge but it 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 seems like it's going to be a lot of fun like it it uh I'm I'm still a little skeptical over what the kind of level of story will be. Mm. But then again, as a friend and I were only discussing afterwards that uh with Fallout games, the more recent ones, the actual mainline story, at least with Fallout 4, for me, wasn't great. Fallout 3 was a bit better. But Fallout 4, it's more about kind of the, the side quests. Like did mm. did you ever find that house guy where like there's you go in and it turns out this guy's been leading people into his house and then murdering them? And it's like a maze, like a oh, murder house. I think so. The, the one I remember from Fallout 4 is where you go to, I think it's a witchcraft museum. And there's a Deathclaw in the shack. It's like, what, why? Why are you trying to kill me? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I remember that one. But yeah, Fallout 4, as you said, it's, um, it, it's very good side mission-wise. But yeah. Yeah. Continue. So if we have a lot of them, a lot of those kind of mm-hmm. side quirky side quests, I mean, and we can do them with our friends. I mean, what more can you ask for in that kind of game, really? Absolutely. The the only concern I have on it is if it goes a bit too far into the survival genre. If it if it's like Ark, where it's a hundred percent of the time online, and then all your progress can be wiped out in like a matter whilst you're offline and stuff like that. I think that that is kind of off-putting to a lot of people. I mean, Todd Howard said it, it's going to be very small um, numbers of people in servers and or whatever the way you want to word it. But he said it, it is it is a it is Fallout. It is a wasteland. You're not meant to have hundreds of people in in one place. So I think I I trust Bethesda to balance this game really well and not be worried that you can just get everything ruined whilst you're asleep in bed not playing a game that that's that's my only worry with the survival genre i mean as i said in the preview i've played ark a lot and getting offline raided in a game is probably the most frustrating thing any <laughs> that can happen but um i i trust bethesda to balance it quite well um anything else you want to mention on fallout 76 i mean it does look really good to me yeah i mean it, it's i just can't wait to play it really i mean it it just looks like more fallout and and as i keep saying that you can play with your friends and i, I yeah. can't stress how how cool that is that that you can play a fallout game with your friends and um, so i i just can't wait to to uh get my hands on it absolutely and as you put in the notes there the West Virginia song they put on the trailer is fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's like, they, have, they have this knack of picking absolute tunes for their games, and this this again, it, it's uh, it's brilliant. And um, announced for the fourteenth of November. Um, so yeah, that that'll be the that'll be probably one of two big big uh, winter releases as we keep mentioning. Red Dead Two is out um, in October. Um, but we'll move on from Fallout 76 because that was only the beginning of Todd Howard. Um, Elder Scroll Blades, not not the biggest news, but similarly to uh, Fallout Shelter, but probably a bit bigger. Um, my, uh, mobile game. Um, it looks like they're just pretty much condensed an Elder Scrolls game into a mobile, and they're going to put it on... He said he's going to put it on console, so... 
positive for me. That's the one mobile game I'd accept at an E3 conference. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks it looks cool. Um, I mean, we, we've always kind of wanted, a lot of fans have always wanted a, a, a handheld uh, Elder Scrolls game that works. I think there were a couple of ones, um, very short uh, ones that on kind of older mobile, I, I never played any of them myself. But I remember there was supposed to be a PSP version of Oblivion, and apparently oh, it was yeah. almost finished, and then it got canned, and that was so disappointing. Um, so like, I think Elder Scrolls Blades looks looks cool, and I'll I'll probably pick it up when it, it finally releases. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I probably won't get it for mobile because it'll destroy batteries and. I- the amount of WhatsApp messages I get, my phone can't handle it. <laughs> I may get it on my iPad though, and then, as I said, he, he, he announced it should come to console, so similarly to Fallout Shelter, uh, I, I'll, I'll be hitting that hard. It will be one I'm picking up, um, but as I said, um, Fallout 76 was only the beginning, and I wasn't referring to Elder Scrolls when I was talking about the end. Starfield, um, you brought this to my attention weeks before, uh, E3. I'd never heard of it, but it's real. It there wasn't a lot there. Um, it looks like this may there may be ne- the the next thing I'm going to mention as well. Maybe next gen or the back at the very end of this gen. But Starfield exists. Uh, you're you're the one who's a bit more familiar with me. Uh, this is only good news for Bethesda Game Studios and because they they just make class games. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting as I, as I kind of touched on in the, the preview that the rumors about this game, all we really know it's, it's, it's a space RPG. It's supposed to be set in another universe. Todd didn't really give many details, but as he said himself, it's their first new IP from that studio in 25 years. And although like we'd be all be jumping at the bit for, for new Elder Scrolls and new Fallout games, sometimes it can, it can kind of be a bit much like, like I found with Fallout 4 I enjoyed it but the last 20 hours or so were a slog because it didn't feel that long since I played both Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas mm. um, obviously with, with Elder Scrolls they spaced them out a bit better but um, like to a new IP with Todd and his team like that's just exciting they, they could tell me it's a, it's an RPG where you play as an infant at, at play school and I'd probably be excited to see what the hell they do so um, yeah, no, I, I can't wait for Starfield. It, probably guessing it's it's a 2020 game, but that you know that that'll be here before we know it. It won't. It, it won't. It bloody won't. <laughs> but um, the next thing that was announced was Elder Scrolls Six, and it, it looks like it, it pretty much confirms it's not going to be Skyrim Two because it looked. Uh, more deserty, more more Greenland. So I imagine, I'd, I'd guess that it's going to be Somerset, but fuck, fuck knows. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of theories. I've seen yeah. High High Rock, and I've seen Hammerfell. Mm. Um, obviously High Rock. Technically, well, I, I suppose technically Daggerfall was set there, wasn't it? Mm. And then yeah, Hammerfell, yeah, obviously, <laughs> Redguard was set there. So technically, we've had Elder Scrolls games in those two two mm. areas. As you said, Somerset's another one where we haven't had a game, so that that, that would be uh, interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, they all they have to give you is like, look, this game's in development, and, and you're going to be excited without ever knowing anything about the actual game. Yeah. 
Yep, and the worst thing about it is it pretty said it was going to be after Starfield, so if if Starfield's going to be 2020, Elder Scrolls is going to be so far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2024 or something like oh, that. No, don't say that. might be 2021 for the 10 years, I think, because it was 11, 11, 11, wasn't it, for Skyrim? So maybe 10 years on, uh, it might be the perfect one. Um, but bef- we, we can't leave Bethesda without talking about the best announcement of Skyrim's new platform on Amazon Echo. That 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 was bloody brilliant, let's be honest. Yeah, like I, I was at first I was like, ah, oh, this 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 can't be real. This, this, this is a joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. And then they started talking about the fridge and stuff and you're like, ah but then it turns out there actually is a version of Skyrim on Alexa and Echo now. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm, I want to play, I don't have an, an Echo or an Alexa, but I want to get one just so I can play Skyrim because it, it kind of reminds me of the old, do you remember those kind of PC text adventures where you'd like type Z- in Zork? what to do? Yeah, Zork. like Zork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Hobbit, there was one I remember, the, the Hobbit, and there was one they used to let us play in school, which I forget what it was called, but like, it just seems like that, but with like speaking to your Alexa, like, I, I have to play that. And yeah. I awesome. have an Amazon, I have an Amazon Echo, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out how I could act, I'm gonna have to find the voice commands, or if I have to download it somehow, I'm gonna have to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, Definitely got to play it now that it's real. Um, but we'll move on from Bethesda to Square Enix. Um, we've kind of took little shots of it um, throughout the show being pretty terrible. Uh, it was pretty terrible. Uh, anything you want to mention here? I mean, I know there's a couple of IP that you mentioned in the preview that you liked, but it was basically just Tomb Raider, which looked good to be fair, but we already saw it at Microsoft. Uh, so anything you want to mention? Yeah, I think, I think it could have been a good presentation if they hadn't shown so much at Microsoft. Like we, we seen, like Tomb Raider wasn't unveiled at Microsoft, but we, we kind of got a, a game, um, mm-hmm. kind of a story trailer. Obviously on this, they kind of, um, um, yeah. developed on that with gameplay yeah. and the combat and the, the stealth mechanics. And we've seen even more of the story and that game looks great. And and I'm excited for it, but it would have been nice if they'd kind of reserved more. So like, again, just cause they reveal that at Microsoft and then it's like literally, Oh, more the same. And like Kingdom Hearts again shown at Microsoft and then they show the exact same trailer. Apparently it wasn't the same trailer. Now I don't see any difference, but according to Tim Geddes of kind of funny, who's a big Kingdom Hearts fan, that it, it is a slightly different trailer. But I, I don't even if it is slightly different, it was probably maybe one scene and it mm. it's it's more of the same. I, I think mean there was a smidge more tangled now that I think about it, but that, I don't care. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, but but it like and then where's then they had a, a trailer when it came up at Sony. I was like, oh my god, not again! And then it was a totally different trailer and had Pirates yep. of the Caribbean. And you're like, why didn't they use this trailer at their own <laughs> presentation? And I mean, again, then there was uh, something we didn't mention, but we can mention now: uh, Near Automata Become Gods Edition, which seems mm. to be a definitive edition that's exclusive to Xbox One. That's a good get for for Xbox One in terms of mm-hmm. the Japanese games. But they just repeated the same trailer for that at yep. 
uh, this. So a lot of the stuff was Microsoft again. There was some good points to the Square conference. I mean, they decided to show more of um, Octopath Traveler, which is a game I'm quite excited for for the Switch. Uh, that's coming out next month, but they in, uh, announced, I think it was announced then at the Nintendo presentation that there's a new demo coming for that where your progress carries over to the main game, which is really cool. Um, and then they did have two new game announcements. Uh, we didn't see much of either game, but you had Babylon's Fall from Platinum Games, which obviously we've seen the partnership between Platinum and Square for Near Automata, which came off really good, so I'm sure people will be hyped for this one. It's supposedly a 2019 game, so I'm assuming that uh, we'll probably get more information at Tokyo Game Show. Platinum always have a big presence there. And we had The Quiet Man, which was like live action trailer at first. And I was like, wow, this reminds me of the PS2 era when we used to get a lot of live action stuff. Um, and then it went kind of more uh, CGI. Um, apparently you're a deaf guy that goes around beating up people that reject your dirty leftovers. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't know what's going on, but... Apparently, we're going to hear more about that in August, which probably is Gamescom, which is a couple yeah. months away. So, yeah. um, they're, so they're both PS4 exclusives as well, we should add. True, true, which is... Um, I was surprised that neither neither title popped up at, at Sony, but maybe they're mm. just not ready yet. Just couldn't be asked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They couldn't fit in Days Gone, never mind these two. <laughs> but they're big, big, big uh, gets for, for Sony, and they're two mm. games I'm I'm excited to, to see more of. But outside those, was what well, we've already... Was there anything? Uh, oh, you had... You touched on it earlier, Monster Hunter World, which is really oh, popular. Yes. Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV, there's a tie-in between the two. I'm assuming there'll be a tie-in on the other end for, for uh, Monster Hunter. And those are two of the biggest online games at the, yeah. the moment, especially in Japan. So... I'm sure that'll have people really excited, but I mean, again, it just comes down to it's not what they showed. It's it's at their own presentation. It's what they showed at Microsoft that diluted their their own presentation. But at the same time, it was only a half an hour long. It, it didn't really take up much of our time, and it had Keith David narrating it, which you know, it's always good. I was so excited about it's it. It's, Keith David. it's always good having the arbiter about, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, they had Keith David for this. They had, um, oh my God, what's his name? The, the guy who does Lee's voice in The Walking Dead. Um, oh, oh. I'm going to have to Google this. Um, but uh, yeah, um, they're, they're good at picking voice actors. That's um, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so like it. Dave Fennoy, why did I forget? He did the Final Fantasy reveal event. Yeah, that was cool. But um, yeah, like it wasn't the best presentation because a lot of the excitement was taken out of it because of what they showed at Microsoft. But at the same time, they did have two games that people are looking forward to now. Um, So you have to say overall, it was solid enough from Square, um, all things considered. Yeah, just got they just got to keep hold of the road and stuff, and then it, then it'll be worth having a having a conference for maybe. But yeah, it was it, as you said, half an hour. It couldn't couldn't fuck up that much. Thanks for listening to part one. Uh, we're just gonna take a quick break because it is quite a long podcast, so we're gonna split it into two. Well, you've probably hear me <laughs> throughout the podcast mention this, but we'll split it into two. But thanks for listening to part one. Um, please do listen to part two if you've enjoyed this part, but <laughs> do take a break. It has been a long one. But thanks for listening. See you soon.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.